Why is the conceptual and practical framework of the cardinal virtues so important to the life of the Christian? And how do we begin to put that framework in action? That's what we're talking about today on episode 25 of Deep in Christ. Hello and welcome back to Deep in Christ. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi, here at the Coming Home Network International, bringing to you another discussion about our daily task of walking in relationship with and devotion to our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks again for being here. Now, Father Peter uh, is on retreat this week. You know, you, you're used to seeing us together. We've been uh, studying the, the virtues for the past many months, actually this, this whole past year. Um, and he's on retreat this week, so please please keep him in your prayers. But I thought I would take a, a few moments this week. This will be a short episode this week. But as I, as I noted at the end of last episode, we're going to take, I think, some time and pivot our discussions in a slightly new direction. You know, we've been working through this, this study of the cardinal virtues um, as, this, as this framework for translating um, what we know about the spiritual life, what we know of Scripture, what we what we read, what we learn about, translating that into the actual active content of our lives, um, and we uh, we want to pivot from that study because we have a whole bunch of neat topics in terms of prayer and study and morality and things that we want to focus on, things that we're actually drawing from uh, the Coming Home Network online community, topics that we want to focus on. And so we're going to pivot from this sort of formal methodical study to some of those topics, but we're going to carry with us this framework and vocabulary of the virtues uh, that we've been discussing because we just find it to be such a, a powerful tool. And I want to briefly reflect with you today on, you know, looking back on the cardinal virtues that we've been studying, how does this set of virtues um, give us this, this, this helpful framework that I think every Christian w- would find if they, if they dig into the virtues, what they find is this helpful lens for understanding themselves as a human being better and thus, uh, they're being better able to receive from God, to receive grace, to receive uh, the words of Scripture, the wisdom of Scripture, to receive even their their experiences uh, of a relationship with the Lord, and to then to turn around and, in greater submission to the Lord, carry out the daily task of what He's calling us to do. I think I think the the, the virtues. Uh, there's a reason why they stuck in the mind of of Christ, Christianity uh, over the, the the last two thousand years. Why we adopted uh, some of these concepts from the, the Greek philosophers because they, these things were describing reality, the reality of our human nature that we receive from God. So I want to talk about that today. And so the, the first thing I, w- I wanted to say here, I have kind of a series of M's that sort of came to my mind as I was reflecting on this, a series of M words. And the first one that I just want to talk about for a moment is um, this word measure. Um, and that is that for most of us, I mean, this is true for me, you can let me know if this is true for you, but uh, up until I began to dig a little bit more deeply into the virtues, into the writings of St. Thomas Aquinas, into the writing of uh, Joseph Pieper, and into the then looking with a, with a new lens back on the scriptures that referred to these virtues, um, I had always received the virtues um, as, a, as a list of qualities that described God, that described Christ, that described a saint, a person of holiness. You know, if we ask the question of, okay, I'm called to holiness, but what is holiness? Well, these qualities describe that. They describe what it means that Christ was holy. 
well, yeah, he was prudent and just and courageous and temperate. And then all the, all the other sub-virtues, he was humble, he was generous, all those things. But oftentimes I think um, the virtues are only communicated to us as measures, as ideals. And they're helpful as ideals, but if they're only ideals, then we tend to hear them. We are rightly judged by them because I'm, I'm not all these things or I'm imperfectly all these things. But we don't know how to go from the ideal to the, the practice, you know, that we, we, we're simply judged by them and we don't know what to do about them. And I, again, you can tell me if this is reflective of your experience, but before I dug more into the virtues, I didn't find them very helpful conceptually to my Christian life because they just told me more, they elaborated more on what I already knew. I am not a saint. I am not who Christ is calling me to be yet. I, I hope to be there. But they, they were not fleshed out in such a way that they, they actually helped my discernment, helped my, my figuring out practically, actionably, uh, what Christ was calling me to do in my life. But nevertheless, that, that, uh, that aspect of the virtues giving us this measure, this description, this elaboration of the qualities uh, that uh, describe our Lord and describe those men and women throughout the history of Christianity that have followed him most closely, that have really gone all in and let him transform them, they are helpful in that way. But I think there's more. So our first M word is measure. That's that's what came to mind here. But the second one is a map. And this is what I was talking about, again, at the end of last episode, Father Peter was reflecting, and I alluded to earlier, that I think the first uh, way that the cardinal virtues um, really bridge this gap between uh, ideals and our, our, our day-to-day life, the actual actions and behaviors and patterns, is that the virtues uh, give us this map of um, of our human nature. They they clue us in in a very simple but I think intuitive way to how we work as humans. And in some sense, a lot of the stuff we we've already intuited. And actually, if we look around us in the culture, uh, some people out there talking in different ways and different vocabularies about you know productivity or habits, you know, or making change or or dealing again on the other side of things with addictions, things like that. We see a lot of these same con- concepts just under different vocabularies. You know, so again, think for a moment, if you've been following with us, you know, let's briefly go back through the cardinal virtues. Prudence, which is the mother and mold of all moral virtue, is this this necessary starting point in the active life of the Christian, in the life of virtue. Prudence is a turning to reality, a conversion, if you will, a turning to reality, and then a right response to that reality. And all virtue, all morality, uh, all goodness has to be based on truth. And so the first step is always to to say, are we are we looking at, at things as they are? And especially in those cases where where we tend to uh, maybe desire a certain outcome, we have a certain prejudice, a certain bias. It's necessary for humans to to, to set that aside and for us to turn back to reality and to the source of that reality, the source of that truth, and say, Lord, what is true? What is real? Apart from what I desire, what is true? And what is real? What do you want from me? What have you called me to? We always want to be turning back to that reality. And again, because the virtues involve habits, we make a habit of that turning and that responding. And this is, quite simply, the virtue of prudence. And this is why we made such a big deal about the the virtue of prudence, that it becomes very clear, I think we just scratched the surface here, how important the virtue of prudence, it's, it's integral to the life of the Christian. In fact, you know, throughout Scripture, oftentimes prudence and wisdom are, are sometimes sort of used interchangeably, that that there's a difference between just having a bunch of information, 
being a person with a right relationship to that information, able to translate that information into a, a right uh, view, purview of reality uh, is so crucial. Christians have to be people of truth, and we have to make a habit of that, a habit of living, turning to and living in the truth. And so from that place of truth, then we can be open to God, and we can be open to the content of that truth. And again, justice is giving to each his due. That's what it is as a, as a virtue, as a habit, giving to each his due. And what God is due and what uh, my spouse is due, what my children are due, what my employer or my employees are due, those are matters of objective reality. And so justice is about, again, carrying out what prudence attends to, the realities of the relationships that I live in, relationship to God and to neighbor uh, and to everyone in my life. And then so to see that that the content of, of truth is done, what I ought to do, what, what I ought to do in relation to God and neighbor and everyone else, to see that that is done, we have these pillars of courage and temperance. Courage means that I do what is right, again, informed by prudence and justice. I do what is right, even and especially when it is difficult, when I face external threat or, or injury or danger, or even, again, on a much more a small scale, the small um, reminders of my mortality, the discomforts, the small pains and aches and annoyances of life, to push through those to attack those barriers when they're in, in the way of justice and good being done, or to persevere through difficulty when I'm, you know, it's just going through the, the daily uh, task of life, that's this virtue of courage, to see that justice and good are done, even and especially when it's difficult. Now, on the other hand, the other pillar is temperance. That's what we've been talking about recently, that temperance is, as Pieper puts it, this selfless self-preservation. And it's, it's putting in order our inner life as a human, a human being so that, that there's a serenity of spirit, there's a, an openness to God, what God wants to do. We can't be active, out, turning out there to serve God and our neighbor and to, and to carry out the Christian life um, if we're a complete mess in here. And so part of the life of virtue is to, as best we can, again, in cooperation with God, receiving his grace, to turn and put some order into our passions and our drives and our desires. Again, that was the quick overview, the quick, the quick uh, review there. I just love going back over that framework because, as I said, the second of our M words here is, is that virtues give us this map. They give us this cascade, this map of, of how um, the, rela- the relationship of truth and goodness uh, happens in the human person, how we translate what we know, again, this turning to reality, uh, how that translates into an understanding, an appreciation of the re- the real relationships we live in, and then how we carry out those relationships. And with that map in mind of those four cardinal virtues, we also get this this great framework for being able to evaluate our life. You know, when we when you make an examination of conscience at the end of the day, and you look back and you say, "What happened? What did I plan to happen today? Well, you know, what schedule did I put together? What commitments did I make? And then how did that all fall out?" Well, when we look back and we see the ways that we've fallen short or, you know, we see the good and the bad, we see the good things that happened, the way that God blessed us, those moments when we were we were really walking with the Lord and we give God praise for those moments. But we also see those moments when we fell short or we got frustrated or we kind of lost our way. Well, rather than simply feeling bad about those, and certainly we, we repent of those, we're sorrowful and we, we invite God's mercy and we give him gratitude for his mercy. We look back at those and we say, okay, what happened and why did it happen? What led up to that sin? You know, what, 
if that sin is part of a common pattern in my life, well, then again, with the virtues in mind, what, what do I need to work on? Is this a matter of temperance? I just I have such a disordered inner life that it's constantly pulling me away from the things I know I should be doing with my life, whether that's you know the prayer or my responsibilities to family or work. Is it is it is it this stuff? Is that what's causing me trouble? Well, then I can start to make a plan. Well, how do I begin to pull that in line? Um, or is it an issue of courage? Am I a person beset by fear? Is it is it fear of paying the price? Is it is it fear of suffering the consequence of, of really living out what God's calling me to? Is that my issue? Well, once I identify that in an area of my life, well, now I know what at least to pray for, if nothing else, uh, and, and probably to make a plan for beginning to deal with that. You know, the Christian life uh, involves we're called to daily self denial and picking up the cross. Well, the, the the structure of my life, the daily routines and rules of my life should involve doing hard things every day, you know, uh, doing the hard things that God sends me. But even even when we have a, a relatively easy day, even when things are going great in our lives, still to, to find ways to take new territory. I think that's an important aspect of the virtue of courage is to take new territory. When God gives us a season of grace, a season of peace to say, okay, Lord, I want to give you a little bit more. I want to explore some additional territory. I want to bring more of my life in line with you. Um, but so too, in all, in all these, um, uh, prudence, uh, again, is involved in this primary way, that uh, if I'm not at the, at the outset and all throughout the process turning to reality and trying to remain, habitually remain a person who's attendant to reality, then that's, uh, that short-circuits everything, right? If I begin to live uh, in, simply out of passion, even if it's passion for good things, and keep in mind that, that that happens. You know, our desires for good things, all of our our God-given bodily and passionate desires are in a primordial sense for good things, but they get out of order. And so they can't run the show. We have to be, again, people who step back, attend to reality and say, God, again, together we need to set the game plan for my life. What what does my schedule look like? How do I spend my money in relation to eternity? How do I how do I go about my my responsibilities and my priority list in, in relation to to you, Lord? So the second of the M's is a map. That the that the the, uh, the cardinal virtues, they give us the measure. They give us these ideals, these qualities that describe God, that describe our Lord, that describe his saints, but they also give us a map of our own admittedly fallen, broken human nature so that we can um, make more intelligent, uh, prudent, actionable, effective steps in saying yes to God and and doing what little we can today uh, to give our lives over to him and, and allow him to transform us. So a measure, a map. The third one that I had here was means, and this one kind of goes along with, with the map, that um, with that map in mind, as we look at our life, as I was just describing, we can uh, we can identify action steps. You know, in prudence, we can identify what today can I change. I can make a new plan. It, it says in Proverbs, the prudent man looks ahead, and I think it's 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 part uh, of the life of every Christian, a necessary part at some level, to some degree. And this looks a little different with different temperaments and different personalities. I need to have a sort of a plan of life. I need to be realistic about where I've come from and where I am and what God's calling me individually to in my vocation. And then I need to make a plan for basically on a day-to-day basis, how am I going to carry that out? And then I need to run the plan, run the program, and then I need to make an examination of conscience and ask what happened. And then I need to reevaluate and 
and again, prayerfully say, okay, Lord, how can I tweak this a little bit? How can I take a different step tomorrow? What do I need to do? And again, I think that the cardinal virtues, in addition to that, that those ideals, especially with prudence, we're able to translate that down to say, okay, but what does that mean for the right next step today? I've always liked that, that phrasing, uh, the right next step. Oftentimes, um, I think without the virtues, we can see uh, too many options in front of us. There's a million good things I could do today. There's a million good things I could do in my life. But it's not just a good thing. It's like, what is the good thing that God is calling me to? What is not just the good, but also the right, the right and just thing that God is calling me to? And again, the virtues, I think, give us this conceptual uh, uh, framework for di- for better discerning that. And that's something we're going to explore going forward. Again, we're going to carry this with us um, as we dig more into Scripture, into prayer, into you know different aspects of, of devotion and, and life in Christ um, together. You know, we're going to keep revisiting this vocabulary. A couple more M's that I wanted to throw out there for you that came to mind in reflection. Another one was um, motivation. Okay, we in our in our life in the Lord Jesus Christ, we know Him intellectually, and we want to love Him, we want to serve Him. But obviously, it's part of being human that we have our our up days and our down days. You know, we know what is true, um, and sometimes we find it easy to do, and some days we just it is difficult to get ourselves out of bed, either physically or uh, figuratively. Um, and part of um, what virtue uh, gives us, again, I think, is um, is some some reminders about what's really going on in our life. That every every decision we make is um, is contributing to um, the patterns of virtue or vice in our life. Even the small, seemingly insignificant decisions are these opportunities to say yes to God. That's, I think, one thing that the virtues really give us. Um, But I think then also the virtues are a way that we we taste and see that the Lord is good. Again, going back to that last M, because the virtues help us to identify the the next right step in our lives, they also give us this experience of um, a little bit of the Lord's goodness. Again, when we encounter that in others, uh, you know, when you meet a person who's very temperate, and not just in the sense of restraining, but in a person who has this serenity of spirit as a result of inner order, you get a taste of what God is calling us to. When you read about the lives of the saints and you're really taken by one of their their stories, their conversion stories, you're, you're tasting a little bit what the Lord is doing in their lives. And again, what that translates into the, their lives is not just individual, you know, acts of uh, of obedience to God, you know, uh, with with knuckles clenched, it's a it's a pattern of change over time that they become different kinds of people. You know, they perform acts of justice and obedience to God, but they also become more just people—people people who desire justice, people whose hearts are inclined in the direction that their intellect and their will are piloting them. And to get a taste of that, either in another person or in ourselves when we begin to try to practice this. Again, if I recognize I'm a person beset by fear, and that is the thing that's often keeping me in areas of my life from following Christ, well, if I begin to push back against that, to practice a bit more courage, maybe starting small, but pushing against my fear, I think we get there a little taste of what God is calling us to. And that can be very motivating, you know, I think to... um, 
in some sense, you know, when Christ calls us, repent and believe the gospel, it's interesting that repent comes first. To change, to turn, comes before believing. And so if we're having a hard time believing, if we're having a hard time uh, becoming and remaining convicted of who Christ is and what he's calling us to and why it's so important and why it's the only thing that's going to make us happy in the end, uh, maybe the first step is to, to take a taste of it. And I think the virtues, again, help us identify those steps uh, to see what Christ is calling us to. They also give us momentum, another M here, momentum. That it's the nature of virtue that they're that um, they're they involve habits, habits of soul, uh, so that it's not just individual acts, but it's a pattern that's formed over time. It's a it's a a new rut, a new road that's paved in our soul by our submission to Jesus Christ. When we, in imitation of Christ, um, practice being generous, or we practice being courageous, or we practice in prudence, turning to reality. And whenever we slip away from reality, whenever we we forget uh, momentarily the truths that God is in control, that God is the Lord and I am his creature and I will serve the Lord, and we keep attending to that reality and trying to always go back and remain from that, discerning from that place, it's it gets easier. That's, that's sort of what's being proposed here, that a habit is formed of being a person who faces reality, even and especially when it's difficult. And so that that is an additional motivating factor that you know that we um, Christ is calling us not just to do a bunch of hard things all the time for the rest of our life that's maybe part of it but that um, we change as a result of obeying our Lord Jesus Christ that as a result of His grace our patterns change our hearts change our hearts conform to Christ's heart by walking in His way by imitating Him. Um, we don't remain our old selves. We become something new. Uh, and again, it's all it's all his grace. But but we there's some momentum built in here that as we practice walking in Christ's way, um, our hearts will change. And that's what we're going for here. We want to be people whose uh, our whole being, our whole nature, intellect, will, and passions, all the aspects of our being become more in line and more focused in one direction. And that's what purity of heart means, right? Uh, it means this 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 single mindedness. You know, that our whole being can be oriented towards Christ. And Christ says, you know, the blessed are the pure of heart, for they will see God. As we, as we, we practice what we, ought to, what we ought to do, our heart comes in line, and our heart is able to be more open and more receptive to the Lord, right? So momentum was another one here. And the final one that I had, I think there's a lot of more M words I could have put in here, but these are just the ones that came to mind. I was, I was thinking about... Uh, the helpfulness of the framework of the virtues to our Christian life. The last one was just, I, I wasn't sure the best word here, maybe um, mimetic was a word, you know, to this imitation, or um, uh, the other one was, oh, I can't remember the other M word. The point was here at this one, I was thinking about the ways that we, oh, model, that was the one, model. The ways that um, as we live the life of virtue, Again, just as we saw at the beginning, we see these ideals in the saints. Well, as we begin to carry these out, that these are what, um, again, allow us, God to work through us to impact the people around us. And you know, I come from a place, I'm a young father, and I'm, so I'm very concerned about whether or not I'm being effective in sharing the gospel with my children. Um, but I know ultimately that it doesn't come down to my intellect or my wit or even my my discipline or my or my virtue in a certain sense. It comes down to um, how much I submit to Christ, how much I allow him to work through me. 
But again, I think since the virtues help us to translate the information into action and behavior, that again, they do help us to keep the pedal down on turning our life over to Christ, this continual conversion to our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the way that we will best effectively model um, what he's what he wants for us, what he's doing in us, uh, to the people around us. Um, and it also, I think it points to another, this is another emphasis of the, of the Greek philosophers on, on virtue, that uh, this is another reason why we need Christian community. Uh, we need to be around other people who are, who are in, in a similar ways trying to imitate these patterns of Christ's life, his virtues, his qualities, um, the Beatitudes, people who are taking seriously the fruits of the Spirit and the Beatitudes and the virtues and trying to put them into practice in their lives. Uh, as, again, these these ways of imitating our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be around other people that are trying to do that. Um, and sometimes we can be around people who will say these things intellectually. You know, I believe X, Y, and Z, and I hold X, Y, and Z to be true, and yes, I'm a Christian, or I'm this or that. But the question is, do we, are we around people that will get down to brass tacks and saying, I want to, to conform my life to Christ. I want to turn all this over to Christ. And I want to go through the, the process of working that out over time, discerning that, uh, breaking it down, figuring out what it would look like for my time and my money and my schedule and my priorities, my relationships to really be submitted to our Lord and um, an action taken in, in giving them over to him and, and, um, and capitalizing on them, you know, being a good steward of all that he's given me. I want to be around other people that are not just saying that, but but doing that. You know, I need I need friends that I can have that conversation with. That I'm trying to be more like Christ today. I'm trying to to look for those areas in my life where I am not living up to what Christ is calling me to, and I want to make a change for it. And I want you to keep me accountable for it. We need people like that to to that we can model that to each other and encourage each other in this. So, uh, the virtues give us a measure. They give us these ideals. Uh, they give us a map, I think a helpful map that we're, we we can and should carry on throughout this discussion about our life in, in Jesus Christ because this map helps us to identify the means, the actions that we're to take. You know, insofar as we have an active role that the Lord has given us in, in our own uh, living out of the Christian life uh, in response to his grace, uh, insofar as we take an active role in deciding and choosing and striving, uh, the virtues help us to actually flesh out that active life. And so they're helpful in that way. But they also help us to identify those uh, those right next steps so that also that we get a taste uh, of what uh, the Lord is calling us to. Uh, we, we get momentum as we build these habits of virtue. We don't just do them one once or twice, but we begin to instantiate these qualities of our Lord Jesus Christ in our life in habitual uh, ways so that we have this momentum moving us uh, uh ever more towards submission to our Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, again, we need community and we need to, uh, we need other people uh, in community, in Christian community that we can model these things to each other. You know, we can, uh, we can be prudent and just and courageous and temperate and we can help each other to grow in those virtues. That's a lot. That's a lot of talking. That's a lot of M's for you. That'll be enough for today. But um, I, I hope that some of that was thought provoking to you. Again, my, my purpose today was to just sort of wrap up uh, sort of the formal study of virtues that Father Peter and I have been doing, uh, not because we're going to leave them behind, but we're going to carry them forward into all kinds of other conversations about prayer, about living, uh, uh, growing in virtue and getting vice out of our lives, to, to, to do the things that Christ called us to in the gospel, to take seriously 
Christ's exhortations in the gospel, for us to, to lay down our life and to pick up our cross and follow him. All those things that, you know, sometimes can just wash over us and we can assume apply to someone else. No, we want to take them seriously. And again, this is happening in the context of the Coming Home Network International. You know, we're a network of people who who have come home to the, as we believe, home to the Catholic Church. You know, and if you're open to that, if you're interested in that, if you're exploring that, then we want to help you along that journey. But while you're on that journey, don't let the pedal off. Don't take your foot off the pedal of, of, of walking with our Lord Jesus Christ. Because if we're close to Christ, he will lead us into unity. He'll bring healing to the church. Um, it's only the result of people not being who God has called them to, that we have divisions in Christianity in the first place. And so we want to work out those questions. We want to answer your questions about the Catholic faith. We want to, we want to help you to learn and to explore and to grow. Um, but we also want to remind you, and we want you to remind us, that every day we have to persevere in prayer. We have to persevere in opening ourselves to our Lord. We have to persevere in, in taking the next right step uh, in imitating our Lord Jesus Christ and then being open for whatever mission he wants to send us on. And whatever ways he wants us to be, his hands and feet and his mouth in the world, we want to be open to that. So again, thanks for being part of this conversation. When I come back with you next week, Father Peter will be back from his retreat. He'll be refreshed and rejuvenated. We're hopefully going to have maybe a little refresh of the set here. And we're going to be looking forward to taking some of your suggestions in the Coming Home Network online community. That's community.chnetwork.org uh, for, for aspects of of this topic that you want us to cover. You know, more virtue or vice stuff, more aspects of prayer and devotion, more uh, situations or, or aspects of life, you know, whether it's work or schedule or family life or, or whatever it might be that you want us to, to discuss, uh, again, in the, in the light of Scripture, in the light of the virtues, uh, about how we can imitate our Lord Jesus Christ uh, more each day. So, hey, thanks for being part of this discussion. I hope you'll carry on with us. God bless you.